Hi guys, I'm David with Transparency Fitness Live, and we're hanging out with Megan Dispanat. That's right, my sister by blood uh, from uh, Bluegrass Medical Aesthetics. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what you do and your background. Um, okay, well, David, thanks for having me on. Um, I know we've been talking about uh, doing this podcast for a little while yeah, now. We've had to reschedule a few times. Thanks to <laughs> we you have. And your my busy schedule, schedule can be a little busy. Um, so I am a nurse practitioner. Um, I, like David said, work at Bluegrass Medical Aesthetics. We are a med spa, um, and we offer everything from fillers, Botox, um, facials to laser treatments. Um, but I think today we're specifically going to talk about the weight loss options. Weight we loss have. and healthy eating, and just kind of yeah. your experience with that. And uh, I mean, you even even some stuff maybe that you did because you worked in family practice uh, when you were in yeah, North Carolina for done a little, a little while. bit of family practice. So maybe yeah. just some takeaways that you got from that. But just you know, yeah, talk a little bit about how can uh, how can we help people lose weight and thought process behind it and kind of looking at it from the medical side of things instead of like the dietitian or personal trainer or like physical therapy, but you know, the actual science and medical aspect of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, so weight loss, um, patients will think that, you know, losing weight, gaining weight is like a mind control thing. Um, but really food is a source of pleasure. It's like anything else that works on the same part of our brain that actually sex does. Um, so it's not surprising that so many people are overweight because it gives you that positive reinforcement when you eat. That's why people eat when they're sad, when they're happy, when they're bored. Um, so I think you first have to recognize like, why do I have a problem with eating or why do most of us do? And it's because it is a positive reinforcement that's really easy to come by in America. Um, so I first talked to my patients about that. Um, most patients struggle with weight their entire life, starting from somewhere in their 20s um, all the way to end of life. So I literally talk to patients that um, we don't treat under 18 at our clinic. I have before at other of my practices I've worked at, but I talk to patients as old as um, 18 years old all the way up to, um, I think I've talked to a couple people in their 70s about weight loss. Um, we specifically at BMA offer three different programs, two are medication driven and one is a meal replacement program. Um, and I think where we kind of have a different approach than maybe other, um, offices is we meet with our patients either weekly or every other week. Um, we work now, do you guys do that in person or is it a lot of times, uh, zoom due to COVID and some most of the, of the time, um, it is online with either video chats or telephone, um, whatever works for the patient normally, um, because of COVID, but we do offer, um, in office as well, um, depending on what works best for the patient. Okay. So what are some, I guess, different mindsets that you've noticed, you know, when you're working with like an 18 year old versus someone that's in their sixties and seventies and the way that they identify with food and how you guys take your approach to assist those people in trying to make the right uh, choices moving forward. Right. So, um, the younger generation tend to be, um, individuals that have suffered from childhood obesity. Um, and a lot of people don't know, but you develop all the fat cells in your body generally by the time you're 18. 
So that's why childhood obesity is such a problem. It's because for the rest of your life, you will really be fighting against obesity because you've developed way more fat cells than somebody who's not obese. And I'm guessing all you can do is shrink those fat cells. You can't necessarily make them go away, correct? Correct. So there are options like Kybella or Cool Sculpting that either freeze or dissolve fat cells, um, and that's a permanent uh, treatment. However, um, it works in smaller amounts than what you would want if, you know, you don't necessarily lose inches. You lose more like centimeters when you do those treatments. So that's something you might do when you were already, when you've already completely lost those Correct. weight and you're back yes. down to mm-hmm. a healthy, healthy body right. weight. And then you're trying to just kill some of those fat cells off. So it makes it a little bit more difficult if you start to eat too much again. Correct. Yes. So fat cells actually grow and shrink as we gain weight and lose weight, um, which is interesting. Um, and so if you lose weight, those shrink and that's the perfect time to do something like a Kybella or cool. See, I was skinny my whole entire time, but I'm guessing there's no such thing as skinny cells. So once you hit 18, (laughs) you just get skinny cells the rest of your life because that doesn't seem to work. I wish that were the case. (laughs) No, unfortunately, fat cells expand as we eat more calories. And then as we decrease our calorie intake and lose weight, they get smaller. So... So at that younger age, if, mm-hmm. uh, if, if you come out of like a normal, normal body weight, does that mean later on in life it can make it more difficult to get those extra fat cells and shrink them down? Or is it kind of the same thing where at 35 you get really heavy and then you lose all that weight, all those fat cells are going to show up in that, in that same case versus kind of being younger at 18 and it, you're saying that that's kind of that. So basically, if you are obese before you're 18, you're behind the eight ball. You're always going to be working against being Harder than other people Mm -hmm. that may become obese later on in life. Correct. And that's why childhood obesity is such a problem because it sets you up for things like elevated blood pressure, diabetes, heart conditions, um, and kidney issues. I mean, you just go down the list um, because honestly, your weight affects everything else in your body. Do you deal with a lot of people with diabetes? Is that a a high percentage of your clientele? I guess probably type 2 really is what you would see, I'm guessing, the most. Yeah, type 2 is most often um, what we see. And I deal with some type 2 diabetics. Um, At our current practice, we don't see quite as many. Um, There are multiple modalities and ways of losing weight. Um, We offer two. Um, There are some other treatments that insurance covers that are really expensive out of pocket. Um, And our office doesn't take insurance, so that's why we don't offer them. But if I talk with somebody and they're a good candidate for it, a lot of times I'll encourage them to reach out to their primary care. Um, Because like one of them is a medication that actually helps with diabetes, um, but also helps you lose weight. Um, But it's like $1,300 a month. So most patients can't afford that out of pocket yeah how, how does that work or what, what's, um, what's it called and kind of what's the thought process so behind it? it's a whole group of medications called glp ones okay and um, a basic explanation of it is it increases your fullness ho- hormone and decreases your hunger hormone the hunger hormone is called ghrelin so it tones that down and it increases your leptin which is your fullness hormone therefore you're not as hungry all the time and it's easier to make smarter choices with your food it's easier to eat fewer calories do people still attach even though they feel full they eat anyways do they still attach that pleasure thought process behind it if they're struggling to absolutely and that's why we meet with our patients um, at least twice a month because it's much easier to get back on the wagon two weeks after falling off right. than it is a month down the road. <laughs> right. And you're spending all this money for a medication that you're, in a way, not using. 
Correct. properly um, if you're still eating. Correct. Um, so I'm guessing that takes a mental factor where you have to work with them to know like, hey, I know I'm full. I had a bad day at work. And what always makes me feel good, couple, a couple, maybe a couple bowls of ice cream or something, right? You attach right. that sugar, um, you know. So I guess, do you talk to people about like other options as well? Like uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent of like popcorn as a way to oh, feel yeah, back up. Absolutely. If you feel the need to just be eating yeah. or chewing, something like that. Yeah. Some patients need us for just the accountability factor to check in. Um, other patients, literally every time I talk to them, I come up with suggestions like, what is a healthy sweet snack you can have? Right. And I will tell them, um, like if you're an ice cream addict, for instance, um, I personally am an ice cream addict, so I know about this problem. Well, we did have it growing up. <laughs> you can take um, a frozen banana and mix it with um, some of that peanut butter protein powder and a little bit of um, cocoa powder with a little bit of vanilla. Um, and if you want it to be a little sweeter, you might be able to throw in a date or something. And that's a much healthier option. Um, and you just blend it up in a blender and it has the consistency of like a soft serve ice cream. Really? Um, but it's way less calories, way less fat. Um, and maybe it's not quite as satisfying, but it does give you that sweetness factor that you need and that kind of positive reinforcement. Um, and it works really well for a lot of our patients. So do you find also when people are spending that much money out of pocket, they're a little bit more serious about their journey because like it hurts when you're, I mean, that's, that's a mortgage payment. Yeah. So our programs are actually not $1,300. That was just an example of a medication called Sexenda that is, um, that I recommend patients get from their primary care because they can use insurance. And therefore it it would be cheaper. So our programs range um, from $99 to $949, depending on which program you use. Okay. Um, The one that's $949 is a eight week program and it's four weeks of- This is the one you um, did, right? Uh, A couple months back? Yes. What's it called again? Um, It's called HCG um, or human chorionic gonadotropin. It is a hormone that's, um, it's a really cool actually. It's a hormone that's produced by the placenta when women are pregnant. And they did research back in the 1960s to figure out how women um, who were malnourished could have perfectly healthy babies. And what they found is that this awesome hormone allows them to tap into this special type of fat that your body stores. And this type of fat is what your body uses if you are like lost in the wilderness for 10 days and don't have food. Um, and it's your like body, the last resort fat? It's your last resort. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like you're going to die once you run out of this. Yeah. I actually call it to my patients like your starvation fat. And um, it uh, so HCG allows you to tap into that type of fat. Okay. And so it specifically targets um, like your stomach fat. Now, fat is it on the back safe to thighs. target that fat in on a long, more long term, I guess? Like, because you're kind of overriding ways that your body functions, I guess? Yeah, that's a great question. So with HCG um, in our program, we um, will only allow you to do the injections uh, for six weeks at the most. Um, and you can only do it a total of 12 weeks out of the year. And you have to take at least a four-week break in between doses. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, and honestly, I've never used it for longer than that. Um, but How long did you do You did it for like six or eight weeks? No, I just did it for actually three weeks. Okay. Um, but okay, in three weeks, um, so 21 days, I lost 16 pounds. So it is the fastest way I personally know of to lose right. weight. And thought process behind how safe it is. Yeah. Uh, Over that period, because I I know that uh, there is such thing as almost starving yourself to the point of being unhealthy, and then you're hurting other organs in your body uh, to lose weight, where 
you know, because we all want a pill that we can just take and be like, I want to lose X amount of weight. Make it fall off the body, please. Right. Oh, absolutely. So um, I personally feel like because it's such a short amount of time um, and it's been Honestly, this diet's been around since the 1960s. It's right. a very safe way. Um, I do let my patients know it's not FDA approved um, because there's honestly not been a study. Um, FDA studies right. cost millions of dollars, and there hasn't been one done for HCG. And if there was, the uh, um, medication would probably not be cost effective. Um, the diet itself is a very challenging diet. You because, were telling me about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it sounds um, very, you have to be very strict. You do. Starches and oils block the effectiveness of HCG for up to three days. So um, our diet includes a list of 17 proteins, 13 different vegetables, and six different fruits that you're And that's all you can eat. eat for that time period. Correct. For 21, or for, I should say, um, 32 days is how long you're kind of on this diet. Um, unless you do our six-week um, injection program. And then how does it help with maintaining what if you have muscle mass? So say you just had someone that's been working out for a long time, but they've right. got a big old gut. They're ready to cut down. This is a, They have the money. They're, they're thinking about doing this. Right. How does that affect muscle mass loss? So actually, HCG is, um, protects your muscle. And that's what's really cool. And that's what they found out from pregnant women. So when your body breaks down that starvation fat or that third type of fat, it will actually break down your lean muscle before it will break down that fat. But HCG allows you to kind of override that mechanism. So you're not going to break down that lean muscle. You're just going to tap into that fat. Now, do bodybuilders use this, or have you heard tell of like people in the, I, I guess, the phys- physique yeah. uh, sector of things? Because it sounds like it would be perfect for somebody like that. Yeah. So um, we've had patients that have competed before that are bodybuilders. Um, you have to come up with um, kind of an ideal amount of calories when somebody is exercising that much. Um, when the average patient does our program, we recommend that you don't exercise because it's like about a 550 to 650 calorie a day Okay, diet. so you're going to feel somewhat lethargic. Or d- so or- you can. Okay. Um, a lot of our patients actually feel more energized because um, the way the diet works, it puts you maybe not into an exact ketosis state, okay. but um, it's very high protein, very low on the carb spectrum. So our patients a lot of times will actually end up with energy because they don't have all this sugar running through their body. There's nothing slowing them down. Correct. So maybe that first couple of days they feel a little bit off. But Correct. after that, they come into like, oh, yeah. my body is using all these vegetables and yeah. fruits and like proteins that they yeah. should be using. Well, and our patients also will feel really empowered because on this diet, we expect you to lose anywhere from 15 to 30 pounds in about a month. Um, so you see positive results on your scales almost every other day. Um, and you feel good cause you're eating good food and, um, weight loss is all about like a positive reinforcement cycle. In my opinion, you know, if you lose weight, you feel better about yourself. If you feel better about yourself, then you're more likely to eat better. If you're more likely to eat better then you're more likely to exercise. And so it's this beautiful little circle that kind of feeds on itself and promotes an overall healthier lifestyle. So you, so you guys are kind of looking at a larger picture other than just taking the medicine and following the diet. What do you do? Do, do you still continue to work with clients at all after they finish this diet and oh, trying to keep them, I guess, motivated? Because, you know, once they come off of it, I'm sure they're going to they want to go back to some of the foods that they, they had to give up because it's so strenuous for this specific program. But helping them can, I guess, uh, helping them out after that, because like right. once you get that 21 days or. 30 days out, like you're like, okay, I did this, but now I feel like. You know. Oh, absolutely. So 
with our HCG program, if you do the 28 days worth of injections, we still meet with you every week for four weeks after that. Okay. Um, with our Fentermine, also known as Adipex, that's the other medication we offer at our office. Um, we meet with you every two weeks. And then even if you're no longer taking the medication, we do offer patients to still meet with us twice a month just for that accountability. And some patients will do that because they're on a roll. They feel like they can oh, do yeah. it on their own without the medication, which we love to hear. Um, but they just still need a little bit of accountability to make sure they stay on track. Um, and that, that's, I feel like the difference with us is we really feel like accountability is key. And if you don't have it anywhere else in your life, we're here to support you through that. Fantastic. Yeah. I have a couple clients that I, I honestly think that they would be totally fine without me training them, but I think it's just me showing up, working out with them helps them stay motivated to keep coming. And they realize that that's, that's really where the value's at is just the accountability aspect of Absolutely. like, David's going to get on me if I don't do my workouts or I'm canceling on them all the time. Right. And they're spending money. So they feel obligated. Like I spent this money. Therefore I need, yeah, I need to make these changes that I know I need to make. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, fentanyl, Fentermine. Fentermine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now that, is that the, the, your, the $99 one? Is that the one you're yeah, so your first month of fentramine at our clinic is $99, and then every month after that, it's $118. Um, and it's a stimulant. It's in the same class of medications as like a Vyvanse, Adderall, Ritalin. Okay. Um, and it helps suppress your appetite. And I always tell patients, so it's easier to make smarter choices with food, um, and you're, it's easier to eat fewer calories. Um, so it's a great option. It's been around for a while. Um the, Is it, does it work similar to the other one you were talking about where the hormone causes you to feel more full versus? It's different. Um, it basically just allows you to not be as hungry all the time. Okay. And a lot of patients, if they start on Adderall for the first time, they may have some appetite suppressant. And that's actually something that if you start a kid on a stimulant that you have to watch out for is that they don't lose weight because it's just a side effect of stimulants. Um, so they realized that and they've, created a, I guess a medication to help with weight loss but I'm guessing it doesn't have any of the effects that something like Adderall or Ritalin or would outside like far as outside of just the actually a lot of our patients like the side effects that come with <laughs> taking a stimulant because they feel like they're more productive they have more energy okay. um, and so some of our patients really like those side effects too some of them don't like it either because you can get of course like the jittery side effects or the worst. Um, elevated caffeine. heart rate elevated blood pressure like that's something that's a reason to potentially stop the medication if you're having those side effects so um, and of course the dry mouth that can come with a stimulant. Oh. So everybody hates that side effect, but I always tell my patients, it makes me happy because it means you're going to drink more water. Um, we encourage our patients to drink a minimum of 64 ounces of water a day, um, up to half of their body weight is what we recommend. Yep. I, I say a gallon a day, at least for most males, I would say a gallon a day. That's what yeah, I shoot for. Good. Uh, but minimum 64, I would agree with you that there. Um, so what kind of got you into this specific field? Um, I know when you're in North Carolina, before you moved back to Kentucky, to the family, we're happy to have you back in town after like happy being gone for like eight years. Yeah. Were you gone for like eight years, weren't you? I was. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but now that you're back in town, you did family practice before, um, which I'm sure was a little bit different, um, but probably gave you some great uh, knowledge base going into kind of a new type of practice 
as a nurse practitioner, but why did you got, why did you decide to do something like this where you're helping people with weight loss and, and just, you know, uh, giving them overall better outlook in life, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I mean, I should say, so, um, my last job was an interesting, it was a little bit of family practice, a little bit of dermatology, a little bit of aesthetics as well as weight loss. So I've been in the weight loss world, um, for, I guess three years now. Um, and honestly, I love to see patient get great results and weight loss is something that m- most Americans can benefit from oh, 100%. whether it's um, losing you know 10 pounds or a hundred pounds um, so it kind of goes hand in hand with almost any practice um, so you know in a family medicine setting you um, if you lose weight it can lower your blood pressure it can improve your cholesterol um, it can help joint pain like there's so many positive benefits so it goes really hand in hand you know, in the aesthetics world, it makes your face look skinnier. It makes you fit into your clothes better. It makes you feel better about yourself. Um, so it's just always been a part of my practice as a nurse practitioner to work in weight loss. Um, and the more I do it, the more I learn and the more I feel like I can help patients. Um, so it was nice when I started this job because it just kind of flowed into what right. I've already was, been doing. Sounds like it was more targeted towards the sector that you're interested in. Now, coming out of school, is that what you, I, I know we never really talked about like coming out of school, what type yeah. of nurse practitioner, what field you wanted to go in, but is that a field in school or right outside of school that you found you really enjoyed helping people out with? Yeah. When I was in school, I was able to work with weight loss patients and I liked that a lot. So, um, it was nice cause I was able to work with quite a few weight loss patients and I learned a lot about it. So coming out of school is one of the things that I felt more solid about right. than maybe some of the other newer areas that I had to learn more about. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. But now, now you're doing the weight loss. Uh, so I would guess like, what are some challenges that you find working with patients? Uh, these different medicines, you know, is, is it uh, food or, uh, you know, uh, showing up to like help them stay, help themselves stay accountable? Yeah. So, I mean, every patient kind of has their own demon to fight, right? Like some people are really good at exercising, but they're not really good at eating fewer calories. And some patients are really good at counting their calories, but you can't get them to even walk around the block. Um, and then some patients are just really good at not eating a lot of calories, but the calories they eat are awful. Um, I joke that I forgot how popular tanning beds, Mountain Dew, and smoking were until I came back to Kentucky. Oh, my God. Pe- did people not smoke that much out in North Carolina? If they did, I wasn't aware of it. I did have some patients. Yeah. Um, But here it's like every other patient um, does smoke. Um, The tanning bed is super popular. Was that also not, you feel like not as popular? No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but you really missed out on a lot in eight years. That I did. Mountain Dew I know. tanning beds and cigarettes are a huge thing. Here. It is. So, um, you know, every week, or I should say, every time we meet with a client, we have a goal for them. And if our patients are tracking their calories, drinking their water, staying within their calorie count, exercising, then my goal is like, let's make like, you're going to lose, you know, two pounds by our next visit or one pound by our next visit. Um, but some of our patients, the goal is okay for the past two weeks we said we were going to exercise and you're still not exercising so that's when I talk to them and I'm like exercising doesn't have to look like 60 minutes in a gym four days a week unless you're working out with me that's exactly what it looks like maybe six days a week (laughs) 
Um, but it can look like, um, you know, doing 10 push-ups while you're watching a show at night or doing jumping jacks for two minutes while you are on a phone call um, that no one can see you on. Or um, it can look like walking around the block with your kids while they ride your bike. Right. Um, so, you know, we try to think outside the box for our patients because – I feel like we get so stuck in this mindset of like working out has to look like what it does at a gym, which is how I would love my patients to work out. But that's not realistic for everybody. Um, they have busy lives. They have kids. Um, sometimes they can't afford, you know, a super expensive gym membership or right. a trainer. So um, you do a lot with your body, though, in the house. And there's a lot of options. Even if you type Google in home house exercises, right. I'm sure something will pop up that you could actually use. Right. Do you give them workout plans at all? I mean, are do you? No, I don't do that part um, because most patients, I I will give them ideas of um, types of workouts. Okay. Um, but my biggest thing with my patients are if you're going to work out, you need to find something that you like to do. Like for me, yoga and bar are my favorite types of workouts. Bar. Um, I love bar. I think it's so great. It's so good for. I've honestly never done body. it, but I've seen it, and I and I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like my legs would be all my my inner thighs would be probably completely on fire by the end of oh, a bar exercise. It, it gets about anyone. your hip flexors are like <laughs> don't exist whatsoever anymore. No, it's it's pretty intense, um, but it's such a good workout. So I encourage patients to try different um, types of workout. Um, in Raleigh, we had tons of different gyms and different types of workouts, so I would encourage them to. We're slowly join getting there here in Lexington. Something. Yeah. We're getting but, a lot of different yeah. options. In Lexington, like you can even join class pass in Lexington and try a bunch of different mm-hmm. workouts, but that's one of the things I'll encourage patients to do because if you find a type of exercise that really interests you and you don't dread doing, then you're more likely to do right. it. So like for me, like telling me that I need to run is like telling me I need to go like cut my eyeballs out. I hate running so much. I try so hard to like it and I just Well, don't. we don't have the best knees in this family, so running True. isn't always like the best thing for us. Um, but uh, I, my favorite way of cardio is those little hit workouts that we come up with where we come up yeah. with those little circuits or get this many reps in, um, which we haven't done in a couple of weeks. I know. So we need to get back to it. But I, you've I, honestly made me enjoy hit workouts because uh, I'm... Did you not like doing those before? No, I didn't because uh, I just always felt pretty miserable doing them but for some reason when I do them with you or you know the group of people I know it's like a bit of competition and like how fast you can get it done but in a safe manner obviously right um and that's the we do it a little bit differently because we do usually a rep count so it's usually like you have if we're doing like a 30 minute one I'll maybe have 300 reps of different exercises you have to do so like you don't. You can finish before everybody else if you're on point. Which right. sometimes I'm wondering if you're properly counting because you finish a little fast sometimes. I 100% and you're counting. running off to go take a shower and then head to work. So yeah. we we like to get together on Wednesday mornings if we can and and we do a little workout over at my sister's place. She's got a nice little gym. So yeah, it's pretty nice. It's coming along. Um, but yeah, so I find that's one of I hate doing cardio like running. Yeah. Uh, we have the assault bike here in the gym. Not crazy about it. So I find that. Throwing in a little bit of strength training, a little body weight, uh, balance, functional movement, and doing it really fast to keep my heart rate up and maybe throwing in a tiny bit of one or two cardio items where I'm only doing it for a minute or two minutes at a time, I found works for me a lot better um, in getting my cardiovascular system um, instead of doing something like running where I'm just like the whole time I'm listening to music and I'm just like, oh, I'm so bored. Right. <laughs> I yeah. don't want to do this any longer. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so... 
what are some other other challenges or things that that you found to be beneficial or even not uh, working in this sector? And maybe some advice that you can give some people out there that maybe can't come into your guys' facility, but are listening in and, and want to try to work on weight loss or food or just overall physical health. Yeah. Um. So. I think one of the cooler resources out there is Noom, which is um, an online program, and it's a way to track your calories, but they will provide you a personal coach. They also put you in a group with a group of people where you can share recipes, you can share highs, lows, how are things going, you can ask questions. Um, and I did Noom for a year last year just because I wanted to be able to talk with my patients more about different weight loss things. Oh, so you've done um, some research. So that was one of the ways that you try to get yeah, out and research absolutely. to like, like grow your knowledge yeah. base. Um, and it's so interesting because they'll do things like how should you grocery shop when you're trying to lose weight? And it is like things like keep a list of the food and only buy the food that's on the list. So don't go to the grocery store without a list. Go with someone else. Oh, that's a really good idea. I know. Go grocery shopping with someone else um, and tell them what your list is so that you're not likely to buy the ice cream that you don't, you know, need. Um, It's also don't go at nighttime when you're tired. Don't go when you're hungry. Um, Go at a time when you're fully energized. You're on top of things. Give yourself a time limit because if you can be there all day, you're more likely to... um, put more things in your grocery cart and you can even give yourself a budget so that you're less likely to go off your list. Cause in theory you should generally know what you want to spend. Right. So it's just little information like that, um, that I thought was really interesting. It also talks about why most people have a harder time choosing f- smart foods at nighttime rather than the morning and it's because our brain processes uh you know multiple hundreds of thousands of decisions each day and by the time you get to the end of the day you know you're at decision 324,000 and your brain is just tired and it doesn't feel like it wants to make the smart choice of eating an extra helping of broccoli as opposed to maybe having a, a fudge sickle that's in your freezer. A uh, fudge sickle every time. Right. Um, so it's interesting because if you learn these little tips and tricks and you actually believe them, um, then you're more likely to think, okay, you know what? I know that my brain is tired and that I don't really need this dessert. So that it's my understanding what mm-hmm. you're going through and yeah. then, uh, then kind of trying to have that discipline to, right. to control it, right? Right. Well, and it's just, it's taking the like guessing out of it. It's like, because I feel like so many people, once again, think it's mind over matter. And it's not necessarily that because like your mind is tired by seven o'clock at night. You've had a long day. It's more like recognizing what your mind wants to do and recognizing that that's what your body needs. Correct. Yeah. So um, Noom is a great resource. It's not free, but they have discounts all the time. It's N-O-O-M. N-O-O-M. Oh, Noom. Yeah. And so, and it's great because you have the resources. It's all online. You can set up reminders so that if you don't track your calories for one day, two days, three days, whatever works for you. Say that again. Moon backwards. There you go. You're right. (laughs) Noom, moon backwards. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but there's just lots of ways to give yourself that accountability, um, that you need without like going to a Weight Watchers meeting or something like that. Um, and it's a great resource. And I talked to a lot of my patients if they still seem like they're struggling, even with the accountability they have with us. And sometimes I'll meet with them weekly for like a month to keep them on track. But then I also recommend, 
um, you know, joining Noom, um, I think tracking your calories is something that pretty much most of us should be doing because, um, like my fitness pal allows you to, it's great. It's It's time consuming. That's the problem, especially when you first start off doing it and learning how to do it. It, it can be extremely time consuming. And so that does take some discipline and be like, I need to just stick with this. Um, I, what I found is if I ate a lot of the same stuff I made, I turned it into a recipe and built a recipe in my fitness yeah. pal. That way, every time I made that, I made sure it was the same exact amount of serving. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't add or take away from the ingredients. Um, and then that way I could just pick one or two servings. Like say I made a healthy chicken salad. I know that one cup of that is X amount of this, this, and this, and then I just go in. I've already had the chicken salad in the recipe, and uh, and that speeds up the time of putting in all that information. Right. I mean, yeah. It's and the thing is, is we're creatures of habit. Most of us eat a lot of the same food most of the time. So if you're tracking your calories seventy five percent of the time and not the other twenty five percent of the time, you're still having seventy five percent more accountability than you would be without right. it. Um, and that's what I tell my patients. I'm like, you're, you're not going to be perfect at everything, but it's trying to get it the majority of the time rather than, you know, missing it most of the time. Um, but with my fitness pal, it allows you to break down your calories into macros. So, you know, how much protein, how much fat and how much carbohydrates, right? Um, because it's really important to look at that. If I had my choice, I would probably eat hardly any protein <laughs> and I would eat mostly carbohydrates with some fat thrown in. Um, but because I do track my calories, um, I end up eating protein bars, protein shakes, um, and trying to focus on getting my protein in other ways. Um, because if not, then like I said, I would be eating a very unhealthy and unbalanced diet. So what what do you feel about supplemental protein items like bars, protein powder? Um, I've read some articles that say, uh, you want to do no more than 30% of supplement versus 70% of actual food like a meat or nuts or something like that. Right. So I think in theory you're right with that, but I think um, in reality and the way we live our lives, protein bars and protein shakes, I would much prefer you to have one of those than to have something that's like super high in fat and carbs that doesn't have a lot of protein. But if they had the option to eat five ounces of chicken versus a protein bar the idea is that they would pick the i think in theory yeah i mean i've read a lot about you know being vegan being a vegetarian um being that's why i'm asking that's why i'm picking your brain here from the medical side of things right i don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer when it comes down to it um i think there's been great research that's shown that if you have you know heart disease vessel disease um being vegan can help with that but I don't think that's for everyone. Um, you know, Not if me, you're I a bodybuilder, that would be really challenging to be um, vegan. So I, I more look at it as like where the patient's at okay. and what works for them. Because once again, like if one shoe's shoe fit all, then that's what we'd be doing by now, right? right. Rather than having 50,000 different types of eating plans. Um, and I just encourage my patients to find what works for them, but to find a ha- healthy balance. So my patients have been tracking their calories and their carbs are about 60% of their diet, then I highly encourage them to <laughs> add a protein bar and or a protein shake into their diet every day, um, especially if they tell me they don't really like meat that much. So, Okay. What about some of the challenges that you, that you kind of run into dealing with patients? I'm sure there's certain things that you happens over and over again where you've got it constantly, or maybe you're better at overcoming those challenges now because you've dealt with them. So, I mean... 
I wouldn't say there's necessarily challenges. Okay. There's more like pushing patients in the right direction. Um, and for me, if patients aren't losing weight, they unfortunately um, can't continue with our programs because we have to show positive weight loss. Really? So if they're not making the progress mm -hmm. at one point in time, you're like this, you know, right. we're no longer So gonna... they'll finish out whatever, you know, like. Does say, that happen often? Sometimes it does. Really? Yeah. But I mean, if we're prescribing you a medication and you aren't losing weight, but you're following all the steps, then we need to figure out like why that is. And for instance, with HCG, it tends to be because they don't stick to what's on the list. And so they can't work, right? Right. So you it's have not working. to stick to the yeah. list. Um, whereas with fentermine, it can be a lot of times it's because they're not tracking their calories and they don't have any idea how many calories they're taking in. And they, Do they complain about how long it takes to track the calories a lot. Oh, that's probably one of the biggest complaints, <laughs> but it's also one of the things that I really encourage and I don't like them to skimp on because it's so important. And it's, you know, um, like another thing Noom will tell you is that you should weigh yourself every day. You should track your calories every day because it's a form of accountability. If you do it every day, it becomes part of your pattern. And you notice if you eat too much. Right. Um, I like every two weeks of most is usually when I have my clients every two weeks is when I have. Right. Um, the but way. I guess, like you said, everyone's kind of different. They are. And so with my patients, we talk about it. And some people are very scalophobic. Yes. And if they are scalophobic, then we only have them weigh for their weigh-ins, which are every two weeks. See, I us. have the problem with clients that are texting me freaking out because they've weighed themselves five times in a week, you know, and they're like not losing enough weight. And so that I find that over time, if they stick to what they're supposed to be doing every two weeks, there's usually at least some weight loss there. Right. Well, and that's why it's really good to track your weight, for instance, in something like a MyFitnessPal and Noom, because you can see the downward trend of weight loss, right? right. And so that's, you have them look at the bigger picture rather right. than the day-to-day. -day. And, and I guess it's a little bit different because you're tracking them. You're tracking it with them. So you're there as like a support system Correct. where if someone's just doing it on their own, maybe it could be detrimental because they don't have that person that they're paying or working with that's able to be like, okay, you see this and then work right. with them because all they can think about is, oh, I, you know, I'm failing here and I don't have anybody to really keep me accountable. Yeah. And there's so many things that go into weight loss that you don't think about, but I always tell patients, weight loss looks more like the stock market. It goes up and down. It's not going to look like this beautiful linear line that goes straight downward. Um, and that's normal. Like we're human. That's how things are. We go on vacation, we celebrate a birthday, like we might be up a pound or two. But, you know, people don't even think about it. Like if you have a lot of salt the night before, well, you're probably going to weigh more the next day because you're going to retain fluid. Or, for instance, if you are more likely to be constipated and you haven't had a bowel movement in two days, you are once again going to weigh more <laughs> and the scales are not going to be friendly. And so many people look at that and they don't really understand, like, well, why haven't I lost weight? And there's so many little factors that go into that. I mean, most pa patients or people can weigh up to, you know, seven different pounds in one day. Um, depending on their clothing, what they eat, what they drink, um, if they've exercised, what they had to eat yesterday. So I, once again, I tell patients, weigh yourself as a form of accountability, but don't like hold it to heart if it's negative for a couple right. of days um, because you're going to get those pounds off. It's just more a way to prevent you from gaining five pounds in a week, right? Um, and if you, the scale's... The scales are not going to continually go up if you are doing the right things. Now, 
looking at things from a medical point of view versus like a dietitian's point of view or a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a nutritionist, so right. I don't really prescribe things to people, but I try to work with habits. Kind of how what is the difference, or how do you guys maybe do stuff on the medical side of things versus someone that's trying to do it more habit based and like a dietitian where they can actually prescribe stuff, but I but they don't have that medical background and understanding how the body functions the way that I would think someone like yourself does. So I would say, you know, somebody that's a dietitian understands food down to the macros to an right. extent that I don't. Right. Um, whereas I can um, prescribe a medication that can help a patient, you know, suppress their appetite, which is something a dietitian can't right. do. So I think everybody in the weight loss community kind of works in conjunction well, with each should. other. And they should, yeah. So um, the patients that I find succeed the most are working with um, a trainer, a nutritionist slash dietitian, and um, a medical provider. So, And not everyone even really needs a medical provider for weight loss. Um, if you're wanting to lose 20 pounds, you can probably do that with you know a trainer and a dietitian. Um, whereas if you're Very needing true, you to can. lose a hundred pounds, then you probably need somebody like a medical professional right. to help you give you that extra boost. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody. We actually had a guy on the podcast, uh, Jeremy who lost, uh, what did he, he lost 150 pounds in two years. Was it 150? It's 200. might've been 200 pounds. 180. That's so awesome. he lost like 180 pounds, but it was like a two year period. Uh, but he, from my understanding, he stuck to a broccoli and chicken and he, yeah. he, he had the dedication where some people just don't have that drive. Um, he was, he was determined to succeed. Yeah. Um, so awesome. Well, Megan, thanks for coming in. This has been a blast. Uh, it's thanks been fun, like me. talking about diet and food from a medical point of view versus, you know, a dietitian or a nutritionist like me and how, you guys in the medical field actually handle things and the options that are there on the medical side, uh, like you said, where a dietitian can't prescribe a certain uh, type of treatment like using a specific pill. Um, so it's been a lot of fun. Do uh, you got any last comments or anything you want to say about the business or in general to people out there? Uh, well, I should also probably real quick expound upon our last little discussion. So a medical provider can also diagnose you with a potential reason why you're not losing weight, which could be like hormonal or like a metabolic dysfunction, something like that, okay. that a dietitian probably can't do because they're not going to run labs for that. Right. So that's another reason why you would see a medical professional if you're gaining weight and you really don't have an and idea. And it's an actual medical issue, not, not an eating yeah. issue. Yeah, so or... I should have said that um, so It does make that sense. <laughs> yeah. But no, thanks for coming on. I mean, if anyone ever does want medical-assisted weight loss um, at Bluegrass Medical Aesthetics, we're located in Georgetown in Maysville, Kentucky. Um, and we do it virtually. Um, so you could really be anywhere in the state as long as you can come and pick up your medication at our office, then you're good to go. Um, but we offer free consultations. Um, it's generally a half an hour appointment. Um, you do have to be medically approved. So you have to meet, um, both like a health standard as well as a BMI standard in order to, um, obtain medications from us. Um, and if you don't meet either of those, we also do have a meal replacement that patients can qualify for. Um, so please come our way. We're always happy to talk with people about weight loss. We do it all day, every day. Um, and we have multiple, um, nurses as well as nurse practitioners that really work with patients. Um, we've had 
such great success. We've had pa- multiple patients lose over a hundred pounds with us. And, oh, wow. um, yeah, have had great success and, um, you know, life-changing stories. So we are there to help you if you want to lose weight for sure. Well, that's great to hear. Cause you know, there's a lot of people out there that need some help. Very true. So, well, thanks for coming on. And as thanks always, guys, we'll catch you guys next time.